Hey listeners, Lex on the Decks here. Before you get stuck into this episode of Hot Girls, I wanted to let you know about something else you may be interested in. Though Hot Girls in its podcast format isn't releasing new episodes any longer, if you head over to my Substack, which is lexonthedecks.substack.com, you'll find more interviews and insight on gender minority artists and how to overcome any barriers to entry. You'll also get the opportunity to sign up to my weekly newsletter, Five Good Things. This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Hello, and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Dex. Before I deep dive into the rapid career rise of a rather special reggae artist, and this episode is actually probably one of our shortest episodes because her career has been has re- achieved so much in such a short space of time. And so we're going to explore how. But before that, I just wanted to do a few housekeeping notes. This is the final biography episode of season two. We've covered some phenomenal artists from Sister Rosetta Tharp to Janelle Monet to Megan The Stallion. And I've learned so much through that process about how they got to where they did and what their journey was like on the way. I'm really pleased to share that we have been granted funding from Arts Council England and National Lottery. So thank you to them. And because of that, we'll be able to develop three new seasons of Hot Girls in the new year. So for those of you who listen regularly, I'd really love to know who's inspired you, whose career you'd like to learn more about, or any challenges that you're facing so we can try and explore those topics. You can email me at infolexonthedex.com or use the socials. Uh, You can slide into my DMs, only you. Um, (laughs) I would love to hear from you. Our season finale next week is a conversation with one of the pioneers of house music as we know it today. She's an artist who had one of the most recognisable songs of the past two decades and she's actually got new music coming so it is one not to miss. Okay, enough of that. This is a lesson in gratitude by Coffee. Let's go. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. On February the 16th, 2000, Michaela Simpson was born in Spanish Town, Jamaica. So that makes coffee the first, um, not millennial, but I don't know what the right term is for someone born in the millennia, but whatever the term is, that is what she is. She was brought up by a very hardworking mother. Uh, her father left for New York when coffee was just a week. I never grew up like this. I grew up in Spanish Town, a very humble life, as I say. My mom raised me by herself, and it wasn't like a rich lifestyle kind of thing. We basically really work hard for it, come up and for be where we are now. My mommy work hard. Trust me, she work hard, and she. I think one of the things I can say is that I never really went through that much of a struggle because she she bore it for me. In that time, she also. She protect me and also make sure I say my life kind of smooth. So, but she took it from me and being around her, I kind of still take on that emotion I'm feeling from so her. So she lived so in a fairly say. peaceful neighborhood. And while she, she lived in that peaceful area and didn't necessarily see too, too much of the violence that's sometimes associated and that does sometimes go on there, those social um, and political problems definitely had an impact on her and the, the role that she wanted her music to play. She said before that with a lot of her music, it's about entertaining people while also highlighting problems in order to try and find a solution. I genuinely want to make the world a better place. Well, I think you are, Coffee. She began to teach herself how to play the guitar after borrowing one from a friend, and she took quite a casual, natural approach to developing her music. 
she ended up accidentally performing in a school talent show and she won. Um, and she's referenced it a few times. I think that was a moment of recognition that she needed that she might actually have quite a gift with music. Now, at this point, before going deeper into coffee, I want to talk a bit about Jamaica and the importance of that island when it comes to the impact it's had on the music industry. And there's no way I could do that service in the next one minute. But if you don't know too much about the music heritage of Jamaica, hopefully this will help kind of contextualize coffee's rise. Jamaica has an estimated population of about 2.9 million people, making it the fourth most populated island in the Caribbean. Now, London has a population of about 9.3 million. So Jamaica is about a third of the amount of people there than there are in London. What I find pretty fascinating and impressive about that is the impact that Jamaica's had on global music. It really is crazy, almost immeasurable. Jamaica is a country which brought us reggae. It brought us dance hall. It transformed Snoop Dogg to Snoop Lion. It birthed Bob Marley, Vibes Cartel, Cranium, Sister Nancy, Movado, Alkaline, Spice... These really dominant carnival sounds, um, Major Lazer, Sean Paul, these artists that have really formed a different cultural landscape for sound globally. And if you think about re- how reggae is diversified and been embraced by other cultures, you know, reggaeton, it really is huge. But it isn't a wealthy island. So what is it about that place that manages to bring music out of people and create sounds that impact listeners all over the world? And don't say weed. <laughs> Anytime the spirit calls you, you got to know that it's serious and it's real. So when the spirit called me, it told me to basically find something that was connected towards the Bob Marley spirit. Because I've always said that I was Bob Marley reincarnated. And it drew me to Jamaica. Well, that was where Coffee grew up. So a rich musical surrounding, but also probably quite a competitive landscape. I think if music and obviously sport as well, they have a fantastic uh, record on the track, uh, track record on the track. But if music and sport, the things you've seen create a different life for people, then there's going to be a lot of interest in pursuing those fields. If we wind back to after winning that talent contest, Coffee started writing more music with her guitar. She'd also sung in church choirs as a child and she'd honed her voice there. The first song she put out in the world is a single called Legend, and that was released in 2017. It made use of her voice and her acoustic guitar. It was uploaded on YouTube to a reggae release channel called Reggaeville, which has 1.32 million subscribers today. So immediately you're going to get more impact than if you only put it out on your own channel. But it was also posted to her own Instagram. Somehow Usain Bolt saw it and reposted the video. So Legend was about Usain Bolt and the impact he'd had. And when he reshared it, obviously that suddenly put a lot of heat and eyes on Coffee's name. And she started to bubble in Jamaica. She got the attention of a few big names, namely Walshy Fire. And his name will come up a few times in this episode. And I'll tell you who he is as well, if you don't know. But after she released that track Legend, she also released a follow-up single shortly after with a bit more of a video called Burning. And the first lesson I wanted to share from Coffee is connected to that track. So she wrote the song Burning after failing to get into sixth form. The song is about how even through failure, you can still burn bright and just finding that energy and fire within yourself to go on and do much more, which I think is a really beautiful thing about spinning bad experiences into your inspiration. So then in 2018, Walshy Fire, so Walshy Fire is um, a really successful DJ and producer. He's probably best known for his work as part of Major Laser. 
he introduced coffee to some key people in Jamaica's rich music scene. And he also started working with her kind of in like a sort of A&R capacity, I guess. So getting her on tracks, getting her in front of the right producers, finding her beats, all that kind of thing. One of the people he introduced her to was Coco T, whose legacy and impact on reggae is huge. Coco T championed coffee by inviting her on stage with him in 2018. So she was really embraced by the music community of Jamaica pretty quickly. And I think the fact that it's small and quite tight-knitted probably had a huge part to play in why she moved so quickly. But she's also a young person with a very humble attitude and a very refined focus. And that probably also had a huge part to play in people's willingness to take her under their various wings and get her in the right spaces. The single which followed in 2018 was called Ragamuffin, and that was ceded to One Extra DJ's and the kind of global following behind reggae and dancehall music. That culture very much embraced Coffee as an artist who sat well alongside Chronics and Protégé, who again have a real global following. And then, boom, what came next was a single that changed everything. A single that was produced in part by Walshy Fire, Toast. I'm going to play a clip. It's quite a long clip, but there's so much in it. I think it's really worth sharing. And it's of Walshy Fire talking about how toast was made and then also his early impressions of coffee. Toast. Mm. Is, is it not sound reggae? It's not I really don't really sound dancehally. Mm. It's not really reggae. And the sound I really I care that I, I like. Know, a, it sound like it's like a hip hop or a, a pop or mm. a, you know popular music R and B. Like it, right. it really is a unique blend. I'm big up to Izzy Beats. Yeah. Okay. In producer beat there, okay. bad mm-hmm. bad producer. Um, and uh, when Izzy sent me the beat, uh, Izzy sent me the beat late 2000. I say like maybe almost like fall 2017, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I'd already been going back and forth with um, with Coffee. I met Coffee through Reggaeville, big up Reggaeville, because me and him were doing some mixtapes, and he was like, "Yo, there's another artist I think you should work with." Um, her name is Coffee, and he sent me the, the YouTube videos and stuff. Fall of 2017 is when I started to work with Coffee. Mm-hmm. Like she used to come on my yard. Um, we used to go over really much to start writing everything. You know, she's a great writer. She puts her everything into every she's single song. She's young too, because at that time she was like, And she writes all her stuff. And I'm writes all her stuff. Wow. Yeah, so when I met her, she was 17, 2017. Um, and she really, every line is, oh man, it's crafted. Mm-hmm. So you have that, you have this new sound that Izzy was making. You have them together. I gave her that beat late 2017. All right, it might have been latest. It might have been January 2000, something like that. Him gave, him gave me the beat late 2000, like fall 2017. So me start work with coffee. So I know I probably played it and she probably saw right to it. Um, them time, but we had our first drafts like late 2017 and she was somebody that I literally would sit at my kitchen table and look and say, yo, this artist, yeah, mm-hmm. is one of the baddest thing me ever seen. So from you heard her, you knew that she was Because of be. the energy, the passion, and every line. Mm-hmm. On the first time I see her, I say that. Uh, that every line. That song Toast really became an anthem of summer 2019, at least in the UK. I think every DJ who played anything from dancehall to Afrobeat to hip hop to party, like pop, was playing Toast. It was... It was almost this kind of middle genre 
So because it wasn't super tight to one genre or another, it blended into lots of different scenes. It was a perfect kind of warm up track or offered a little breather in between a kind of hype dance hall set. And that was then released as part of an EP. It was kind of the title track. She then released the Rapture EP. And that Rapture EP was what won her the Grammy for Best Reggae Album. Even though it's kind of, it is reggae, but it's like kind of dancehall infused reggae. But that made her the youngest person ever uh, to win in that category. And I think the first female as well. Now, the past year, obviously being a weird year for music, but Coffee's kept on, she's taken that success and that spotlight that she's been given. And she's just grown and grown and capitalized off it. Um, she almost had the, this instant respect. Um, this is what Sean Paul said about the song Toast and her her ability to to create that track. And now she's just spitting about herself, you know, and she's saying, I'm thankful for this journey. Gratitude is a must. It's something that a lot of people in Jamaica wake up every morning and say, yeah, give thanks for life. What's very unique about coffee is I've been one of them who like to try and like twist my rhymes up so people kind of like listen two times like, yo, what? And she does it amazingly in this song and, and many songs that she does. That's a very mature way of, of writing songs coming from a 19-year-old. So yeah, and she's kept working. She says she works in the studio at night and she's released songs throughout lockdown, one being called Lockdown, trying to get the energy and the positive momentum that she inspires in people out into the world and get that message. Toast was ultimately a song about gratitude. And I think there's something really beautiful about when a message about gratitude for anything ends up becoming something that most people would think you should be grateful for. But it's almost like she had the gratitude and she was already grateful before Toast became what it was. And that really is, I guess, the takeaway message of this episode and how I want to end the season. It's just to say that while we're all striving and we all want to achieve more, perhaps being grateful for what we already have is a big part of being able to achieve more and go beyond. Have a great Christmas, everyone. I look forward to next week's episode and 2021. Let's get it. Uh, why is it? Why is it? What makes you so humble? I think it's the way I was raised. Mm. My mom is that way. And, you know, I was raised as... She was a single parent. Mm. So it's like most of my influence, most of all of her influence, that does overtake me this year, just kind of came down. <laughs> so... No, no, mommy's always been a grateful person. She's always taught me to be very grateful, polite, mannerable, just things like, things, little things where you know, mm. mommy teach you from day one. Mm.